So here's the question. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure, but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? And they got a dome. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. At 712 on Wisconsin's Morning News, boy, a fine menu of things from which to choose Yes. I'll give you two quick ones. First, on the casino. So in Kenosha County, the county board uh, approved the casino plan down there. 10-9 was the vote. So one vote was the difference. City of Kenosha, what, a couple of weeks ago already approved the plan? Yep. So now there's no timeline on when the U.S. Bureau of Indian Affairs could weigh in. It could be months, could be years. We have no idea. However, it sounds like the tribe would love to move this along because they feel like Governor Evers might be more willing to give it the okay. If they know what they've got in Governor Evers and that he's a yes, they'd rather that yeah. than take their chances on who the next governor is going to so anyway, be. But no timeline right now. Because we've seen that movie before. Yes. They did a very similar proposal years ago when Governor Scott Walker was in charge at the time, went before right. him, and he said, nope. Meanwhile, in Madison, the state Senate approving two bills that seek to ban naked bicycle ride events. This after complaints were filed uh, last year. You remember this story? This is the one where that girl was seen, a 10-year-old in Madison, was participating in one of the naked bike rides there. And um, lots of people were disappointed and upset with that situation. So a hearing a, that she was there. Yeah. And then B, that people took pictures yeah, either like, on purpose on. or otherwise, and those ended up on the internet. So one of the bills bars minors from being brought to an event at which a group of adult participants intentionally expose themselves in a public area. There's another measure, too, that's involved with this. You can't take photos in this situation. Now, at a hearing, there was no debate yesterday. State Senate just said, done, moving on. All the Republicans voted for it and one Democrat. You may recall, this is the one where during a hearing they asked about this, though. They were saying, hey... Uh, what if it's a show? What if you're going to see Beyonce or someone and there's kids involved and sometimes there's a little bit of skin on the stage and uh, Kappinga at the time had this retort. So if they've got to buy a hundred strips of cloth to cover their butt crack, um, I'm okay with that. I highly doubt that Beyonce would not come because she can't expose her crack. <laughs> All, right. All right. So anyway, it did pass. We'll see if it goes through. All the way. I know that uh, JS had an interesting quote from the governor when he told reporters last year saying, yeah, it's probably not a good idea for children to participate in these events. I think it was a fair question to raise, though, of, okay, fine, even if we can all get to yes on children shouldn't go to the naked bike ride, right? How does that affect a show, a concert? A show, right. Performance venues, things like that where, right. Sometimes the dancers are a little, showed a little skin, yep. Right. It was a great question to pose because without it, we would not have had. <laughs> so if they've got to buy a hundred strips of cloth to cover their butt crack, um, I'm okay with that. I highly doubt that Beyonce would not come because she can't expose her crack. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Green Bay Packers began their prep for the divisional round of the NFC playoffs on Tuesday after dismantling the Cowboys in the wildcard round. The Packers are gearing up for another tough test against the number one seed, the San Francisco 49ers. Playing a game on this upcoming Saturday night after just winning on Sunday, 
means Green Bay could be on a bit of a short week. And despite all of that, head coach Matt LaFleur says his team will not head out to California early and will do their best to keep the same routine. At the end of this thing, there's only one happy team, period. And so you got to approach it the same way each and every day. Like we're going, we're going out there to win a football game, and uh, we know it, we're, we're going to have to play our best ball. The task is tall for the Packers as they enter this week as 10-point underdogs to the Niners. But if you ask former Packer inventor of the Lambeau Leap and Pro Football Hall of Famer Leroy Butler, they have a good of chance as anyone, and it all begins with number 10. They have a team. Ask him about himself, he gets embarrassed. Bo Melton and Jalen Reed, they didn't catch a ball. <laughs> they didn't even catch a ball. They were celebrating Romeo Dobbs. I mean, think about that. Love is the one that's keeping these guys together, saying it's a team. It's not your week. But next week in San Francisco, it might be, so be ready. Butler on the NFL Network on Tuesday as the Packers plan to hit the practice field later today as they continue their prep for Santa Clara. Over to the NBA, after their win on Sunday, the Bucks will look for win number four in a row tonight when they get set to visit Cleveland. Milwaukee's last victory, a buzzer-beating three-pointer from Damian Lillard, couldn't mean more than just a single victory for Adrian Griffin and his team. These type of games bring our team even closer. And I thought the last two games, we're, we're starting to find identity, um, how hard we have to compete. Bucks did get some good news on the injury front. Jake Crowder, who has been out for the last two months with that core muscle injury, has been cleared to return to the lineup beginning tonight. Bucks Cavs set for 6.30. Coverage will get underway right here on WTMJ beginning at 6. And lastly, the number 11-ranked Wisconsin Badgers finally saw their six-game winning streak snapped on Tuesday with an 87-83 loss to Penn State. The loss marks their fifth of the season also dropping them to 5-1 in conference play. Up next for Bucky Badger will be Indiana in Madison on Friday night. Coming up, winter temperatures get back into the 20s. That's next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Former governor of Wisconsin, Marty Schreiber, spent much of the last 20 years as an advocate for those who care for loved ones with Alzheimer's while also giving care for his wife, Elaine, as she battled that disease. WTMJ's Adam Roberts had a nice sit-down with former Governor Shriver to learn more about his life after Elaine and the lessons caregivers can learn from his experience. Some people identify Martin James Schreiber as Wisconsin's 39th governor. Others know him as an outspoken advocate for caregivers of loved ones diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease through his 2017 book, My Two Elaine's. Nearly two years since Elaine's passing in April of 2022, Marty fondly admits that he still misses her dearly every day. I just am grateful that we had the life that we did. And in a way, I was relieved for her that she did no longer have to carry on in, in the situation uh, that she was in. Many of the lessons in caregiving were taught to Marty by Elaine herself when she assisted him in his fight against non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in 2007. I knew always that I had a very loving, caring wife with all of the things she had done to support my campaigns and my, my work and, and my careers. And then with, with her diagnosis, I began to understand how can I help us live our best lives possible? In terms of regrets, Marty addresses in My Two Elaine's how he wishes he would have leaned on his children more to allow himself time to be Marty. 
If I could have understood that just a respite of an hour, say a week, to be by myself would have helped me be a better caregiver, I could have done that by having my loved ones, my family, uh, understand what this disease is all about. For those living with the impact of Alzheimer's in their own families and desiring to help, Governor Schreiber offers this advice. Our hearts can touch by holding hands, by giving a hug, by singing a song together, by just being with one another. And whenever Governor Schreiber hears feedback from readers about his story, he feels like he's hit a hole in one. That's how I feel when I talk with people and they tell me that the book has been helpful to them, or when I talk to a group of people and and someone might share uh, what they're going through and how that made a difference in their life. And so uh, I don't have to pay for a caddy, I don't have to pay for a golf cart, and I don't have to lose any golf balls. And so I'm way ahead of the game. You know what? What? I love you. Adam Roberts, WTMJ News. And Governor Shriver still a great sense of humor as well. You know, it's something that resonates with so many people, whether you've gone through it with your grandparents, with your parents, or um, other loved ones. Anytime we do stories on this, people light up the text line and, and, and share their stories, and I appreciate that. Adam Roberts in studio with us this morning. Uh, you and the governor spent a lot of time together, actually. It was yep. good to see him the other day. It was. Uh, he said hi to some of the people in the newsroom. Uh, still can move around uh, at his age in his mid-80s. And I, the conversation we had, we played the feature just now, but we talked about so much over that 25 minutes we have on a podcast you can listen to if you text Marty the WTMJ talk and text line 855-616-1620, Marty. Um, and one of the things that I think will resonate with people my age that we talked about was how someone, as I'm watching this go in my own family right now, can help when you don't want to impact the person who's been diagnosed normalcy, their routine that is so important for both the person with the disease and the caregiver themselves. And Marty had some great advice on that. I think it's important, too, because it, it resonates. Look- Pay me now or pay me later, but everybody's going to deal with this at mm-hmm. some point. So maybe this isn't affecting you right now, but good to have the tools because it it's coming. Especially as we continue to see our life expectancy go up and up. That's what all of the uh, Alzheimer's Association people always say as we continue to get older. More and more people, I think it's something like 8% of Wisconsinites will be diagnosed with it in the next few years. Are you talking to politics with him? A little bit. Yeah. I was going to say, he's still plugged in. I know that. <laughs> yeah, oh, yes. Yeah. He had some thoughts on 2024. Uh, I've saved those. I've archived some of those thoughts, but um, mostly the conversation was Alzheimer's. WTMJ's Adam Roberts speaking with former Governor Marty Shriver. Thanks, Adam. And once again, it's Marty, M-A-R-T-Y, to 855-616-1620 if you'd like a link to that podcast. The newest class announced for the Wisconsin Athletic Hall of Fame, it is stacked. Stacked. Right? <laughs> really great class. Brandon Snyder has that in sports at 745. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is back home, released from the hospital on Monday. This is two weeks after being hospitalized due to complications from prostate cancer treatment. You remember the story, right? So oh, yes. He had a procedure done on December 22nd, and when he left the hospital he, on January 1st, he was he's back home by this time. He was readmitted to Walter Reed because of complications from that procedure on December 22nd. Nausea, severe abdominal pain, hip and leg pain, just awful. Now, what we're learning now is just how bad it was and why they made the phone call when they did. This is an aide calling 911. I'm just if we need them to take him to Walter Reed Medical, is that a possibility? Um, let them know that when they get there.
Okay, so, okay, you'll bring them to Walter Reed? Great, okay. One more request. Can the ambulance not show up with lights and sirens? Um, We're trying to... Mm-hmm. Remain a, a little subtle. <laughs> yes, okay. Well. Make sure they don't come wailing in here. Um, right. Now, she reminded them. Yeah, usually when they turn into a residential neighborhood, they'll turn them off, uh, but they're required by law to run with them with the main street. Yeah, got, if you're on the main street, has got to fire up the, the cherries. Um, so then they had to ask because they're calling 911. He's awake. He's alert and oriented. He's not confused or anything like that, correct? Correct. Okay. All right, so he's feeling okay at that moment. So they bring him in, and Pancake just made a great point. This is something that obviously was very private to him. Didn't want to share his uh, health situation, which I can certainly respect that. And now the 911 call where they're asking for secrecy is being played everywhere and all where, if you will. The opposite of what he had hoped to to (laughs) gain in trying to conceal this has occurred, right? Mm -hmm. So. So a couple of things. I'm curious about what has he explained why he he tried so hard to not only not alert people, but also to cover it up. See, this is the issue is that it's not about someone's medical conditions. We all certainly can understand and appreciate and respect anyone's desire to keep their medical issue. Fine. Quiet. No problem with that. It's that he didn't tell anybody, not his deputy, not the president. Deputy was in Puerto Rico at the time. Right. So that's when you run into issues, especially if you're going to be in the ICU. You are incapacitated. You're not able to do your job. And also, this isn't the agriculture secretary. No dumping on that, but, you know, like, we'll get to the farm report <laughs> yeah, like, tomorrow. You know, a lot like, going on. Right. This is the secretary of defense right. who, while all of these folks are bureaucrats and they all answer to the commander in chief, of those cabinet secretaries who have some autonomous power to act quickly in situ- in emergency situations. He's one of them. Two quick points. Austin expected to make a full recovery, which is great. He is also almost certain to be summoned to Capitol Hill to explain his actions. Full recovery from the physical. The career recovery remains uncertain. 740 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Sponsored by Annex Wealth Management's Money Talk. That's heard Saturdays at 10 right here on WTMJ. Well, we lost a couple. Morning News is sponsored by Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Retire well with Kowal. Yeah, you may have seen high of 15 today, but we got to get there first. My wife, it took all of her power yesterday to convince the teenagers to put on a hat and gloves while waiting for the bus yesterday morning. Really? Go out there without a hat on. She's like, put a hat on, please. Are you nuts? <laughs> this isn't about they you're going ca- to catch cold. Like, this will hurt you. <laughs> like, this hurts. She actually called them out on it later, and they both admitted they were happy to have their appropriate wear on before getting on the bus i have more stuff to give away but apparently i'm giving it away on the afternoon show what does that mean how come we're in here all the time talking about what mercure's giving away oh so you have something to give away yeah i have to tell you about something that mercure's going to give you a chance to win stuff this afternoon oh okay well what is it what's what's he what's he talking about on our show, hmm? you are. <laughs> you want him to All promote right, something little, we're doing? Tit for tat here, you know. Let's give him a list of stuff that we're going to do. Pizza lovers rejoice! It says here oh, in honor good. of National Pizza Week, which is this week. Palermo's is giving away one Palermo's pizza prize pack every day on Wisconsin's afternoon news. Prize pack contains two frozen pizzas and some Palermo's swag. So you tune into the afternoon show, Wisconsin's afternoon news, through the week All for right. your chance to win and enjoy Palermo's pizza. Brandon's got sports next. 
time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. Green Bay Packers are set for a showdown in Santa Clara on Saturday night as they get ready to face off with the number one seeded 49ers. After a thrashing in Dallas, the Packers quickly grabbing the eyes of Niners linebacker Fred Warner and the rest of the team. I mean, they got our attention no matter what, honestly. Uh, you win in, on the road as a seventh seed against a really good Dallas team. I mean, that's that's enough in itself. And then the fact that they won the way that they did, uh, it, you know, our hat's off to them. And and they and I think the thing that, that was really impressive was the way that they were able to run the football. You know, Aaron Jones has been playing at a super high level. I've expected his game for a long time. We got that mutual respect there. Um, and so that's going to be obviously another point of emphasis for us. Speaking of running the ball well, after a three-touchdown day in Dallas, the Packers could lean on running back Aaron Jones to help carry the load on Saturday night. His ability to put his foot in the ground, first of all, he's got great vision. His ability to break tackles, make people miss. There were so many things that showed up when you watch the tape where some of those big plays that we were able to have explosives on in the past game, I mean, he's saving the day in, in protection. Whether it's somebody missing a block up front or him stepping up and, and picking up blitz pickup, I mean, he impacted the game greatly. The Packers will hit the practice field later today with an injury report that should follow shortly after. Over to the NBA where the Milwaukee Bucks hit the road tonight as they search for win number four in a row in Cleveland against the Cavs. After a buzzer-beating win on Sunday to beat the Sacramento Kings, head coach Adrian Griffin believes it's a game that could help propel his team to new heights moving forward. You know, it went up six. It was easy for us to throw in a towel, especially after a back-to-back, but those guys are, are resilient. So uh, really good team effort, uh, probably one of our best wins of, of the season. The Bucks got some really good news on the injury front. Jay Crowder out for the past two months is expected back in the lineup tonight. Ty Ty Washington, the only player as it currently is, stands right now listed on tonight's injury report, Bucks Cavs tip off set for six thirty tonight. Our coverage will begin right here on WTMJ, your home of the Bucks, beginning at six. And lastly, the eleventh ranked Wisconsin Badgers basketball team falling to Penn State on the road Tuesday night, eighty seven to eighty three, marking their first Big Ten loss of the season. Next up for Wisconsin, a home matchup Friday night against Indiana. Next up for Wisconsin's morning news, Mark Tauscher on the line. He's with us next. Idea Man. It's always nice when you go out to Vegas and that first night you hit it big. Innovator. And you're there for three more days and all of a sudden you're saying, you know what? I can now play. You can play a lot freer. And Packers Hall of Famer. You have all this house money to play with and that can be really freeing and a lot of fun. It's time for Tausch on Wisconsin's Morning News. Presented by fellow windows and doors of Wisconsin and Kohler Services. Wisconsin's morning news. A lot more attention. You were talking about it yesterday, Tausch, how the further along in the playoff race you get, you get the spotlight shined brighter. Did you ever have to, when you took questions, you know, did you ever have to leave the locker room and do the podium, you know, where they move you into the media auditorium? Yeah, I did, and it was, um, I enjoyed it. I thought it was kind of fun. You know, you always get the scrums, but... You feel kind of presidential, governly, whatever yeah. it might be when you walk in and you got all the little scribes sitting there writing stuff and you're, you got to, I, I always enjoy having a podium. Like if you're giving a speech, they'll say, <laughs> yeah. you want a podium? Who passes on a podium? Agreed. You're always going to take a podium, right? Have you ever been asked a question that 
when they asked it, you're like, ah, that's kind of a dumb one. Like where the reporter maybe yeah, not. Yeah, Wildey. Pretty much. <laughs> every Jason Wildey, 9 to 12, life. pretty much every morning. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Fair enough. Well, the reason I asked. No, I, I. Go ahead. Yeah, Bill, Eric, I know what you're talking about because it was the weather, right? Uh, unless there's somebody else that <laughs> nope. asked an incredibly stupid question to uh, Todd Bowles with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Try, trying to uh, kind of showcase how smart you are usually comes back around and boomerangs you in the tail. Uh, so I, I don't ever recall anything that dumb. But what I always like to do is I'd let the reporter ask a question and then you can find out real quickly whether or not it's going to fit the narrative of what their story would be. There's a lot of people that did it that way. And you can kind of steer it. But all of my coaches would always say, just because someone asks you a question doesn't mean you need to answer it their way. You can answer and put out whatever point of view you want. And that's why I always like seeing when a team is messaging up with its head football coach, it's a really good thing. Hmm. So if somebody asks you about the weather – and you start talking about Christian McCaffrey and how tough he is and how you're going to have to slow him down and you know all of the talking points. I enjoy that part of it, but as as far as that uh, that question yesterday about you know how are you going to adjust with the weather, uh, there was someone that did that with our special teams coaches about the wind, the same thing, and the the response I thought was beautiful. Like, do you know something about the fanning system in that building? That I don't know. Dave Drake Camp Heating right. is up there pumping in heat and all this other stuff. So you kind of maneuver the media. It, it's a game within a game in itself. So let me, Eric has the the exchange. So this is down in Tampa, yeah. and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to play Detroit this weekend in the divisional playoff game. Cold. I heard it's going to be cold. It is. It's very cold <laughs> in Detroit. So here's the question. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? And they got a dome. <laughs> <laughs> You know, they got a dome. It feels so bad. Wait, for play her. the rest. There's oh, the, yeah. he play the tail end. I don't. Um, no, <laughs> nothing planned. We're, we're indoors, and we only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus, going under the thing. So we'll be okay. So, Tausch, let me tell you what happened there. Because I've, I've been that reporter, not asking the stupid question, I hope. But I was a news reporter. Now, I knew a lot of stuff about sports, and I'd actually previously been a sports writer for, you know, covering the Packers and things like that. But what had happened was, I think, is all the TV stations down there in Tampa now are doing their fan hype stories. So that's a news reporter story, not Lance Allen or Wildy or some of these others. So they assigned it to a news reporter who clearly doesn't know much about football or Tampa Buccaneers or Lions or anybody right, like right. that. And they say, all right, well, the team's having this news conference. You go in there and you ask a question about it. We want a story about fan hype or about our, our fans from Tampa going to go up there to Detroit to watch this game. And all she did was look at the forecast, doesn't know nothing about it, and that's how that happened. Yeah, it's, uh, it's always an unfortunate deal. And I think the, you asked about media and how the, as the playoffs continue on, obviously Super Bowl week you get a ton of reporters and you kind of expect things like that. There's a lot of goofiness and late-night guys are there and everything else. But uh, when, when you're sitting in that spot and you're going to grab the mic to ask a question, probably have some idea of what you're thinking about and having – because <laughs> he could have really embarrassed. Yeah, and It was embarrassing enough, but he could have absolutely buried the person if you wanted. 
But as we find out, the media always has the last word, and you're not going to win that battle. You're going to end up looking like a jerk if you do. And let her, with her question, kind of tell its own story. You know what? I This just dawned on me. I don't know if you remember this, Talish, but one of the first times we met, Mercure and I were interviewing you and Kuhn. John Kuhn, okay. we were doing it at Radio City, and I, have a, I knew a kid way back when named Scott Tozier, and I called you Scott twice in the interview. <laughs> and you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And then finally Kuhn said, yes, yeah, Scott. And then it dawned on me what happened. <laughs> Donkey. And you, you, like, let it go. Like, you were super cool about it. And here I called you Scott twice during that interview. Well, Bobby, I appreciate you remembering <laughs> that. We'll, uh... <laughs> now, it... I've, it just it never makes any sense because I'm sure right after you guys left, I'm sure John and I were probably like, well, "Look at that idiot!" Who did we just talk how to? It played, but yeah, you don't, you never, you don't need to bury people when they kind of buried themselves. That's kind of how I always. <laughs> oh, thank you for that. All right, Scotty, it. we'll talk tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks, Tommy. See you, see you, Bobby.